Hi, welcome to Moments with Marilyn. I'm your host, Marilyn Boyer, a mom of 14 homeschool kids who love the Lord and love each other. I absolutely love young moms, and it's my joy to encourage you and give you tips and tools to make your journey easier. Today, we're going to be talking about building loving relationships in your family. So, let's get started. First of all, I'm going to say, if you've got little children in your home, it's important to lay a strong foundation. Now let me also say, if you've just got older children and this is something that you didn't do when your kids were little, that's okay. You know, it is never too late to start building strong relationships with your family. If you've got adult children that are raised and out of your home, it's never too late. You know, everyone desires a home that's filled with healthy, loving relationships. And you know, that's one of the biggest advantages I've seen from homeschooling personally is the lasting relationships that are built over the years among my kids. But let me say, there were they had their squabbles when they were growing up. There were times that I thought, are they even going to like each other when they grow up? So what can we as parents do to nurture those good and loving relationships in our home? That's what this is all about. So first of all, a good verse to remember is Psalm 127.1, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. So from the very start, lay a strong foundation. Your kids need to know that God's word is the standard. It's not what you say or not what irritates you. God's word is the standard. Now you're not always going to apply that. You're not always going to follow it well, but ultimately God's word is the authority in your home. You know, you've got to learn how to apply it and your kids will have to see you fail. It's not going to happen perfectly, but ultimately that is what we're looking for. If we make mistakes, we look to the word and we say, all right, how did I blow it? What do I need to do? What do I need to change? So the basic truths, the basic rules and basic instructions all stem from God's word. You know, the Bible tells us that children are a blessing from God. From the very early years, I reminded my children of this basic truth, that they and their siblings were a blessing and a gift to our family. You know, I wanted to instill in my children, even the toddlers, when the addition of a new brother or sister came along. Our kids came pretty much 18 months apart on an average. So over the years, when I would learn that there was a new child coming along, I would tell the other kids, it is a special gift from God for our family. And for the toddler who was next in line, I would say that God is sending you a new baby brother or sister, and it's God's special gift to you. When the baby arrived, I would use nursing time. You know, you've got to spend a lot of time nursing the baby, but I would use that as a time to read to my toddler. So instead of resenting moms being off feeding the baby, I would just put the toddler next to me and that would be reading time. And they actually got more reading time than normal. So they were actually really happy to have that baby come along. Another thing I would do, I would involve them in helping with the baby. Like, can you go get mommy a diaper? Can you put this wet diaper in the trash? You know, let them be a part of it and praise them for helping with the baby, for helping take care of their new brother or sister. I also had this funny little voice that I'd talk in and I, was, I would pretend that I was the baby talking to them and saying, I am so glad that you're my brother or sister. You're so nice to me. I love you so much. 
and that would be verbalizing that and the toddler would verbalize back, I love you so much, I love you so much. And that's so important, it might sound silly, but it's really not. It is really good for the child to verbalize that they love that baby brother and sister. And for them to be an integral part in helping to care for that brother or sister. That's, we found that we hardly had resentment. The fact too that they were kind of young when the other one came along, they really didn't resent the babies, they looked forward to them. Another foundational thing is to establish biblical guidelines for behavior in your family. The Bible is the one constant. It's the light for our path. So learn to use the Bible to redirect misbehavior for godly behavior. This is absolutely important for building good relationships within our families. You know, we are most willing to let our hair down and be ourselves around our family. We're more apt to be jealous or angry or unkind to those who live in our home. But it's our duty to God and to others to learn how to control our selfishness and to seek to meet those needs in others. And I talked about this in another podcast just a couple weeks ago. You might want to check that out of how you take the Bible and use it to redirect selfish attitudes. We also have a whole study written for 8 to 13 year olds if you need help in that. It talks about 45 basic wrong character qualities and the corresponding positive qualities to put on and it guides them through looking up scriptures according to anger or unkindness to see what God's Word says about those things and how God's Word tells us to deal with that. Another thing you need to establish guidelines for right behavior in our home. And I've got a freebie for you this week. It's a consequence chart. It's something we developed. This is just a sample. We had many consequence charts throughout the year, the years. But we wanted to teach our kids that our decisions have consequences. So here's just a couple things. If unkind words, if they speak unkindly about a brother, we gave them Ephesians 4.29, say only what is good and helpful to those you're talking to and what will give them a blessing. Is what you said about your brother good? Is it helpful? Did it give them a blessing? And the consequence for doing that would be to tell five good things about that brother or sister. They said one unkind thing, you tell five good things about them. So it's, or interrupting, if, they, if your child's constantly interrupting, we'd use Ephesians 2.3, the consequence was having a quiet time. And I remember one of my children coming to me and she said, what's the consequence for, I forget what she asked about one sin, and I told her what the consequence was and she said, uh, I won't do it then. So, you know, it was helping her make a wise decision. Is it worth it to do this if this is the consequence? And it just, it reinforces the fact that there are consequences and biblically there are consequences for sin. You can't sin and get away with it. There are consequences. And that was just a simple tool for you. You might find that you want totally different things than we had down on this particular chart. As I say, we changed it through the years. Whatever your kids are struggling with right now, often you will see them struggling with the same thing over and over again. And this just kind of helps them to get a handle on that in a practical way. So we wanted our kids to understand they had choices to make, but choices come with consequences. That is just life. So learn to use God's word effectively in training your children. We attempted to saturate our kids' minds with scripture. 
And there were many ways we did this, but one of the most effective ways was making Bible recordings. My husband would record scriptures and he would explain difficult words and he would give practical examples to help them understand what God's word was saying. We started out with the book of Proverbs and then we did Psalms and then we did some New Testament and Old Testament. Anyway, we would play these recordings for our children at bedtime and at nap time. And without even trying, our kids learned tons of scripture. It also kind of gave them a biblical frame of reference. I remember one of my daughters-in-law said, your kids are like walking Bibles and hymn books because they had so much scripture in their minds. That's not a guarantee that they're gonna do right. Certainly it's not, but it is so valuable to arm your kids with scripture. And this is one of the easiest, best ways that was very effective for our kids to do that. And on our website, characterconcepts.com, we have a lot of those Bible CDs that you can get and play for your kids at nap time and bedtime. People have appreciated that over the years. It has proved so effective in our kids' lives. Okay, number two, after you lay that foundation, appreciate each other's differences. You know, one thing that promotes close relationships in families is to teach your children to appreciate differences. Your kids are not all alike. We had 14 kids and every single one of them was different. And God creates them that way. That's the way it's supposed to be. So instead of building a spirit of competition, you know, why can't you do math like Johnny? Or why can't you pick up the house like Susie or whatever? We don't want to build a spirit of competition, but rather a spirit of cooperation in our family. You know, God has uniquely shaped each one of your kids and they're a special part of his creation. We're not supposed to all be alike. We're not supposed to think alike or do things the same way. So make a point of pointing out to your children character strengths in their siblings. You know, let them know that God took precise care in making each person in your family with the type of personality, their talents, their desires, their giftings. You know, as, as different ones of my kids would have interests and explore their different interests, I remember one child got very interested in rabbits. So he got a rabbit, he learned all about rabbits, and he taught the whole family about rabbits. You know, as your kids develop their interests and explore their interests, they're helping to teach the others too. So, you know, not everyone's supposed to be all that concerned about rabbits, but they can learn from the others. Within the family, you know, as the kids were growing up, I would not let the older kids say, oh, that's easy, when the young kids were doing their schoolwork. Because I would remind them, it wasn't easy for you when you were that age. And sometimes, even if it's a subject that they excelled in, there were things that they struggled with too. So we don't want to make a younger child feel dumb or feel like they're you know, not working up to capacity. Everyone is gifted in different areas. And we need to verbalize that to our kids and help them to appreciate, you know, this child really struggles with math, but he is so good at reading. You know, God's created them differently and help them to appreciate that. You know, as you learn to, to do that, you can teach to the passions of each child. And again, there, I have another podcast about that, dealing with how to teach to your kids' passions. Because God has equipped each one with natural talents, and we need to learn to teach to cultivate those passions. 
We need to cultivate the team spirit in our kids. You know, we need to work together as a team with each one bringing their strengths together so that we can accomplish things. We would do projects to serve others. We helped a lot of elderly people. We visited elderly people. Um, we tried to find ways that we could serve them and reach out to them. And we'd involve the whole family in bringing together their strengths to serve others. And that's so important. You know, we live in a me first world, but we need to figure to foster a God first and then an others first world for our kids. That is so crucial. If you need help with that, we've got a book called Character in Action that gives you hundreds of projects of things that we did to reach out and minister to others, even with little children. I mean, two and three-year-olds can reach out and minister to others, and there's plenty of ideas in there to help you with that. Number three, spend time together. You know, the way society tends to do things, everyone participates in activities with kids their own age, and although family members live in the same house, they hardly ever see each other. When I grew up, I had a sister who was eight years older than me, and we lived in the same house, and we might have watched a TV program on Saturday night, but other than that, our paths did not cross much. I know one day I asked my kids why, if and why they were glad they were homeschooled, and I love what my son Matt said. He said, I got to really know my family instead of just meeting up with them in the evening. And that's so important. You know, to effectively build close relationships, you have to be together. When you're supplying a mom's taxi and you're constantly going to and fro, it's a distraction to enjoy each other's company. So I had to learn to say no to a lot of good things. Good things can become bad things if it distracts from the best use of our time. You know, as I said, the time that you have in your, with your kids in your home is limited. So resist that pressure to have them involved in every opportunity that comes along. Our goal is to raise well-rounded, not to raise well-rounded kids, but spiritually prepared servants of God. You know, our kids are providentially placed within our families to be first a blessing to each other and then reach out and bless those around us. We as parents need to come alongside our children and train them to be sensitive first to their siblings and then to others whose lives they touch so that it becomes a lifestyle. And I would caution you again to remember you don't have forever with your kids. I know it seems that way some days, but believe me, the day comes sooner than you wish than they're going to be grown and your opportunities for training them are over. I never regret having spent too much time with my children. The days went by so quickly. Once today's over, you're not going to get it back. If we're too busy for each other, we are too busy. Lastly, encourage communication. When we talk about building loving relationships in our family, it's not just the relationships between siblings that need nurturing. It's between the parent and the child, too. And it takes time to do that. You know, when we experience problems within our family, our natural tendency is to kind of shove it under the rug, say, oh, they're just tired, or it's the terrible twos, or they're teething, or, or I'm too tired to deal with it. It's just a stage. It's going to go away. Instead, we need to train ourselves to run toward our problems, not away from them. You know, early in the development of our family, I remember being frustrated by character issues in our kids or the lack of resources I had to accomplish my job. So one day I got home, Rick got home from work, and he asked how the day was, and I said, it's frustrating. I don't even know what went wrong. I just feel very, very frustrated. Seems like everything went wrong. 
So he suggested the next day I take a sheet of paper and every time something went wrong that frustrated me, I write that down. We called it the frustration list. And I did that. And you know what I found out? It wasn't a hundred things going wrong, but it was two or three or four things that kept happening again and again and again. Sometimes it was a physical item. You know, I had 14 kids. Imagine if you've got 14 kids. Each one has four pairs of shoes, some boots, some tennis shoes, some church shoes, some sandals. What do you do with all those shoes? You know, you get ready to go to church and somebody can't find their church shoes. So he built me this shoe shelf and it held, I think, 50 pairs of shoes. It had all these compartments in it. And I had to train my kids, when you're done with your shoes, put them on the shoe shelf. And that, just that one simple project relieved so much frustration. It was just a physical thing that we needed that was very unique to us. Or maybe it's a character need in your kids, something that you see happening again and again and again. And let me give you just a, an easy example of that. My oldest son was very active, very hyper, very loud. He would run in the house excited to see me, mom, mom, he'd call for me at the top of his lungs, mom, 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 which would wake up the sleeping baby, maybe make the dog bark, um, the baby cry, set my nerves on edge. He wasn't trying to be bad. But when we isolated the problem and we explained to him that 1 Corinthians 14, 40, let all things be done decently and in order, that the baby was sleeping, that mom was at the other end of the house, that he needed to just go find mom, and mom would be happy to talk to him and see what he needed. But instead of walking in and hollering, he needed to go find mom. And that was just a simple, simple thing that we hadn't trained him and he wasn't trying to be bad. So things like that can be so irritating all day long. If you will isolate them, write it down, figure out what it is that's irritating you, and then come up with a plan for taking care of that. You know, it kind of changed our focus to learn to look at problems more like projects instead of feeling overwhelmed by them. So just in closing, I found it a helpful principle to try to step into the shoes of my children and remember what it was like to be a kid. Instead of just instantly reacting to kids, we need to stop and consider why are they feeling that way? Why are they responding the way they are? Things are not what they seem at face value. I would try to give my kids the benefit of the doubt and encourage them to tell me how they were feeling or how they viewed the situation. You know, we tend to think everybody sees things the way that we do, but that is so not true. We have our perspective, other people have theirs. So we need to learn to handle our kids' hearts with compassion and understanding, not just firmness. You know, it helps a situation to ask questions and not feel like you've got to blurt out the answers. Well, here's the problem, do this and everything will be okay. So I'm not saying you need to overlook wrongdoing or wrong attitudes, but we need to understand it and understand what the child is feeling, where their heart is, before we can deal with it correctly. Our children's hearts must be handled with care. When we do that, they'll be able to trust us to deal with their best interests, and they'll respond to our instruction with trust. So as you deal with sibling conflict, encourage each child to communicate with you and each other so you have the benefit of stepping into the shoes of both children so you can help them work out a solution. As your children grow older, you know, we found that ours would ask us why we did things the way we did. And instead of feeling threatened, use that as an opportunity to help them understand how you're trying to apply biblical principles in your home. Don't expect them just to pick up your values by osmosis and don't feel threatened when they question you. You want them to learn and you want to think it through, you want to explain it to them. 
so that they can do, develop right guidelines for themselves. You know, the groundwork that you lay when your children are little by trying to step into their shoes and view life from their point of view will make them want to come to you when they're older. They will know that they can trust you with their heart and that you care more about them than you do about yourself. Purpose to be the kind of parent that your kids will want to spend time with. And keep the vision ahead of you on tough days. You know, there are days you're going to feel overwhelmed with all the details of life. You are doing what you're doing to serve your Savior who died so that you might live. Your kids are His creation, and He has given you the privilege of raising them for Him. It's an awesome privilege. Learn to number your days. Our time on earth is short. And what you're doing ultimately, you are preparing those kids for eternity. Thanks for joining us today. Remember, you've got your handout of the consequence chart. You can find it on our website. And remember, any time that you spend teaching your kids, the word is not wasted. Remember, if you need help teaching your kids character, we have character resources from preschool through high school on our website, characterconcepts.com.